0: This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Well, guys, you are in for a treat. I told you we are going to answer big questions about God, about what it looks like to understand the point of life and the point of creation and the point of heaven and and how that seeps into our everyday moments, how that seeps into what we know about God actually leads to how we live. And so I'm so excited today. I'm going to get to introduce you to a friend, Trillian Newbell, who has been a friend. I mean, since the very beginning, I think we both were so green when we met. We both were kind of publishing our first book and we were so nervous. We met at a TGC conference and behind the scenes. You remember that? I did. Yes. Yeah. I mean, life, we've been now doing public ministry for, you know, a decade almost. So it's always fun to connect with you, Trillium. So glad you're here. And what we're going to talk about is creation and how God made us and why he made us. And I know this is something you're passionate about. And you actually have a book that right now I'm, I'm seeing everywhere. It's a kid's book and it's called God's Very Good Idea. And it's his creativity in creating and creating difference, right? And creating everybody looking different was part of God's plan. So let's start with that story of that book and where that came from for you.
1: Yeah. So God's very good idea actually came from me teaching in our Sunday school at my local church. I was looking for curriculum. I wasn't planning to write anything, but I couldn't find something that was gospel centered, but also celebrated the beauty of diversity. So as I was looking and not finding what I needed, I wrote it and I will never forget teaching the little people and their little eyes opening and wide and asking all these questions and when i got home a friend of mine called me and said that her daughter my daughter's name is sydney her daughter said mom sydney is not just my friend she's my sister <laughs> oh, i know that is magic it is it is and uh... so at that moment i knew if the lord would allow I wanted to get this in the hands of as many family members, at people, mentor anyone who might read it to a kid. Yeah. And the Good Book Company took a chance on, on me and on this. And, and it's been such an encouragement to see how the Lord's used it.
0: Mm. Okay. So let's talk about God's very good idea because it was a big idea and it was a very good one to create the earth. So talk about creation and what Genesis 1, 2, and 3 mean to you of of just him putting all this in motion and and what that very good idea was.
1: Yeah. Well, he made it all and he said it was good. And then he made us and he said very good. And so One of the focuses of this book and something I try to instill in my own kids is that they are made in the Imago Dei, image of God to reflect Him, and that He's given us aspects of Himself to glorify Him on this earth, and that He created all of these things, but He was mindful of man. I think, is it Psalm 8? I think it's just amazing that what is man that you are mindful of us Um, Mm. because we did ruin his good idea through sin, but then he rescued it through Jesus. And one day he's making all things new and I'm incredibly just grateful for that. So for me, it's just a, a beautiful picture of God's love and his care and his delight in us and that he would be mindful of us and create us uniquely different. So Mm -hmm. we are all the same, but yet we are also all so different and that he has created us with value and worth. So that's something that I'm trying to instill in our kids. And it if we can get that into our heads, then it will affect the way we relate to everyone.
0: Well, and we don't have that in our heads. So before, and that's one of the passions of the series, you know, it isn't just for kids. It's for adults too, that we've got to know the answers to these things. We've got to understand how creation shapes our view of ourselves and our view of God. And so the fact that God just uttered those, those simple words that he made man and he looked down and said, it is very good. That there was delight over us. That we... We are not a mistake that while we have made mistakes and while we have brought about wrath and and darkness through our choices in this world, there is hope because we were built by God and there is innate worth in the fact that, that we were created by God. So let's talk about the Imago Day, which is basically that we were made in the image of God. And talk about what that means to you, Trillia, even in these very difficult times too, especially as there's so much conversation about our differences and our ethnicity. And what does that look like to understand that this is a good thing too? Well,
1: for me personally, it means that no God has given me value. That means no one can take it away. Not a single person can take it away. And so though there will be people who will look at me and say, I'm not valuable. There will be people who will look at those who are different and unique in various ways or ethnicities and say that they are not worthy. God says we are. And so that to me is something I am, again, just... I preach to my own self, my own heart. It helps fight the fear of man, being afraid of what other people think of us. But it also helps me to walk. Walk in assurance. Walk with... And and I'm going to use the word pride, but not pride in in an arrogant sense, but God has given me valuable. So I can walk with a pride and a confidence in Him. So I, I think it just allows for a peace that only God can give. And also it informs my sorrows because I know that people and all people, whether they know Jesus or not, are made in the image of God. And I think that's something we need to understand that in creation, God's given us his image regardless of what we actually know about him, Mm. which is remarkable that he is that generous. And then we hope that he knows that he uh, gives us salvation as well so that we can know him in a different and intimate way. But I think that informs the way I view other people, and that should inform the way we treat. That's why when we say that we love our neighbor as ourselves, that commandment that God gives us, it's irregardless of what they believe, And how it it doesn't matter if God calls us to love people. And so it is a hard commandment. But as we understand the Imago Dei, it will work itself out in the way that we look and treat others.
0: Mm, That's so good. I do believe that understanding that we were made in love, that we were birthed from God and the Trinity that loved each other and wanted to bring more people into that love, it helps us understand the heart of God in a deeper way that this isn't a bad plan, you know? And yes, it is a really messy plan. And there are days it feels like we're in the darkest parts of the story, right? But, and I mean, certainly lately, I'm sure you have felt this way. It just feels like the sky is falling, you know, in every direction. And so, what does that mean about these seasons that God would start this and put this into motion, and yet we would walk through such dark seasons of hate, of difficulty, of isolation? How do we reconcile that with a good God that created a good creation?
1: Yeah, I think part of my reconciling it is reminding myself that He is good, He is perfect he is pure. We are not, you know, we will, we will sin against each other. We're going to do just terrible things to each other because of our tendency towards wrong things. And so, so for me, I think it's not a surprise to me that we are divided. It's not a surprise to me. That doesn't mean, that doesn't excuse it. I want to be real careful because I think sometimes we can say, well, this is, how we are. But you no, know, we want to repent and ask the Lord to change us. And we need to draw near to each other. We we can't, especially those who know Jesus, we, we don't want to just throw up our hands. We want to fight against that through the love of Christ, right? But it has been terrible. It's been very hard. It's been a season of a lot of sorrow, a lot of pain. And thankfully, We know a God who understands. He understands every single weakness. He's been Mm -hmm. tempted in every way, but without sin. He wept. He understands sorrow. He he was a man of sorrow. Jesus is a man of sorrows. And so if we understand those things, it helps me to kind of make sense of this world. I don't blame God. I think we are the problem, (laughs) but he's redeemed it. Yeah. Through his son. I also think we're not living in the reality that he bought, right? Right. Ephesians 2 says that the veil of hostility has been broken down, completely torn in the body of Jesus. Mm. But we aren't living in that cosmic reality. It's our unity has been bought and it's been bought with a great price. But we don't walk in that. I believe I have a lot of hope that we can. I don't think it's going to be perfect because nothing will be until Jesus comes and returns. It just, it won't be. But I do believe that we can work towards that. So I, I saw someone who shared recently that they just wouldn't do this work if they didn't have that hope of Jesus, that hope. And I, I join in that sentiment. I would not speak about restoration, racial harmony, reconciliation, God's very good idea if I didn't believe in the cosmic reality that's been already bought for us and the reality of the hope that we are looking to and waiting for and longing for. All right. So let's
0: talk about that hope even more. Let's talk about heaven. Like what do you think that will be like? What do you look forward to about heaven? Cuz we we go to the end when we're at the beginning. And the reason why is because we learn a lot about the end from the beginning. When you look at creation, you look at Genesis, you see how God created the earth before sin. And so you see how it was supposed to be. And so what do you look forward to about when it's all made right again?
1: It, not just in this season, but in every season. One of the I just think of uh, Revelation 21, I believe, where every tear will be wiped away. So all of this unrest, all of the tension that we experience, all of this hate based on skin, gone. All of it. And someone once said, if you hate diversity now, you're really going to hate heaven. And <laughs> the truth is, we won't hate heaven because we'll be glorified. So we will be without sin. We will be perfect in perfect harmony together. And it will be glorious. God didn't have to say that every tribe, tongue, and nation will be reflected in the new creation. He didn't have to say that. He could have just said that we will be together as one. But no, he maintains that every tribe, tongue, and nation will be together worshiping as one. It's going to be beautiful and glorious and loud, and we will all be falling on our faces before Jesus. Unified, every tribe, tongue, and nation. That beautiful diversity is going to still be there. I think it's going to be glorious.
0: <laughs> I wish you could see Trillia's face right now; like her smile is so big, and I just think it's such a reflection of the hope that's so real in you that you are not. I think of the verse that says, "We're not left as orphans." God is with us, and He is issuing His Spirit to issue hope to us that we aren't despairing in the midst of this. and And I, I hope that you hear why this all matters so much. That if we understand creation, if we understand where this is all headed, the story of God, if we can get our head around that, and hopefully for a lot of you it will be when you're really young i hope it'll it'll be when you're you know passing this off to your kids or your grandkids and helping them get this at a young age because when we understand the big story we understand our part in it and we understand oh gosh i don't want to be despairing I wanna have hope, and I wanna have hope in things that are actually real and and last forever. So that's our heart in this, is that we're not dismissing how difficult the things are that you're facing. We're not dismissing the difficulties that you will face in the future. We're saying there is a God that issues hope in the midst of that, and that He is familiar with difficulty, and He has faced ultimate difficulty so that we would have hope, and so that we would not be afraid when we face our difficulties.
2: Before we get back to the episode, I wanna tell you about something. So we are super excited to introduce you to some people that we're partnering with this season. And you have heard us talk about this one before, and we're back because we're obsessed with the Dwell Bible app. It is just the best audio Bible app out there by far. Everything can be customized. You can listen to it on the go. You can change the music in the background. And you've even heard Felix on the show before, but we love Felix's voice. They have the entire Bible plans, playlists. And so it is just an amazing experience that if you can't sit down and read your Bible, you can take the Bible with you anywhere you go. So just for you guys, we got 10% off the yearly plan. So if you go to dwellapp.io slash Jenny, or follow the link in the show notes that we'll put down for you, you can get 10% off the listening plan and start listening today. And now back to Jenny.
0: You next, I want to talk about what you would say to kids that need to understand this, that want to understand right now who God is and why he created them. What would you say in as simple a way as you can to them that need perspective of, you know, they're, they're five years old and they're like, yeah, okay, God made me. So what? Why did he make me? What's the purpose?
1: Well, I would say to the little heart that God made you to reflect him And he he thought of your curly hair. He thought of your freckles. He thought of your fair skin or your brown skin. That was God's idea to create you. And he has created you to play and to jump and to think and to read and to love other people Mm. and to know other people and to love him and to know him. And so if I really do believe, and I'm talking to parents now, <laughs> I really do believe if if we can help kids understand that God has created them, that God is our friend. Isn't that amazing that Jesus is a friend? <laughs> yeah. I just think it's amazing. And that they are created to glorify him and to love others, then the rest will work itself out. <laughs> So amen. Yeah, And that's exactly why we're doing this series,
0: because we really feel like if we can get these big rocks, you know, like, who is God? What is sin? You know, wh- who is Jesus? What did he do for us? You know, where are we headed? Where's the story headed? What is the church? What do you know, what's the Holy Spirit? If we if we understand all that? a lot of other things get taken care of and as parents i think we can feel so much pressure to understand everything about the bible and try to answer every question when that's not at all what nor could we ever do it i mean i'm just saying as a seminary grad that i don't even have the tools to answer you know half of my kids questions i have to go look it up so you know i think i think take that pressure off and just be explores with them. You know, that that's yes. our dream for this project that we're working on right now, Trilia with Theology, is, is that it wouldn't be the parents get everything they need from God and then the parents take that to their kids, but it would be a circle where God and the parent and the child are learning together and they're experiencing God together. And it's a relationship together, that it's not something, you know, you have to know and then you have to give that perfectly to your kid, but it's exploring and being creative and understanding who God is together. And I think that's the relational piece that you're talking about that friendship with God, the way we can best model that is to, you know, so many times I'll say to my kids, well, they'll ask me a tough question, even as they get older. And I'll be like, let's ask him, God, you know, and I'm like, I don't, you know, for my daughter, I don't know what Kate should do about this relationship. I don't know what should happen, but you do. And so would you give us wisdom? And then I think it's, it's showing them how to talk to him, showing them, you know, how to model reconciliation. What does that relationship look like? Um, We've been parents that, and I know you're the same way, Trillia, that don't shy away from anything. Like we talk about it almost to the point of embarrassment. Like it's way too open, all the subjects. And I think that you know what they've seen in that is they, they don't see perfect parenting. They don't see perfect answers, but they see processing. They watch yes. us wonder. They watch us ask God. They watch us ask other people and go to experts and say, okay, how do we handle this? And what do we do for this? And I think that pressure comes off and all of a sudden it's like, we're a team figuring this out together.
1: I can, I could just, uh, amen. I couldn't agree more because that is basically our parenting right there. We don't know all the answers. And it would be foolish for us to say, actually, I tell our kids for eternity, we will be learning about God. Yeah. For eternity, we will ask him all the questions because we just don't have a clue. <laughs> And so we will look to the scriptures, we will pray and ask the Lord for answers, but we're just doing the best we can. And I have little thinkers, so I'm always in trouble. I guess I don't know. I don't know half of the questions that they answer. And I do think that um, modeling that allows for them to be curious and, and a little free. Like, oh, okay, I don't have to have everything. But I just want to tell a quick story. When my son was four, One of the things that the Lord did for me that was so helpful was kind of along this line, we were driving in the car and I I think I was playing a, a song, a Christian song. I don't remember what it was, but I talked, I said something to him about the Lord. And he said to me, mom, I don't believe you. And I said, you don't believe me. Okay. He's four. And I said, well, what do you mean, buddy? And he said, well, where is God? I don't believe you. Show, show me. Where is God? And then he starts to name all of these superheroes. Well, there's Spider Man and there's <laughs> Batman, and he's thinking about his figures, his little, his little figurines. And and I looked at him and I said, and actually, I laughed and I was like, Lord, can you show up in a burning bush right now? Would yeah. be a good time. <laughs> Reveal yeah. yourself, because give, give me something. We know you can. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what to say. But at that moment, I looked at him and I said, Well, buddy. I can't make God appear to you, but he is real. And I can pray that one day he'll reveal himself. And he said, okay. And I said, okay. What God did for me right that moment revealed to me that I can't transform his heart. I can't make him know. Only he can do that. I, My job is to share. Isn't that all... I'm going to share the good news. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to tell him about the Lord. I'm going to help him see where he can go. I'm going to, by the grace of God, model abiding in Jesus. I'm going to model it as much, but I am not, I can't transform his, I can't prove Jesus to him. And only God can reveal himself to him. And that freed me. Yeah. And even in this converse topic, um, I'm, I'm going to show like God's very good idea. I'm going to show yeah. them the beauty of God's creation. I'm going to show them the name, but God's got to do that revealing. And he does, he's so good. He does. He that. does.
0: Yeah. He changes blind people to people that see. And yeah. we all have that story. If, if you know, Jesus, you know, that moment where you couldn't see, and then you could, and, and there really isn't any other explanation than than the Holy Spirit just doing that. And so we do pray that for our kids. And thankfully, our kids have all had that moment too. But I will say, you know, what What we know is that life doesn't get easier and that the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And so in what ways, I, this is going to be a little bit of a backwards question, but I want to imagine what it's like if we don't get creation right, if we don't believe that it's a very good idea. I want you to play that out for a minute of just our worth not being rooted in our identity as children of God and, and built by God and equipped by God. What happens? What's that end?
1: We're going to find it in something. Like That's We're going to find our identity in something. We're going to find our hope in something. We're all worshiping something or someone. So I I think that the end is is that you're going to find your hope and your value in something that is sinking sand, as 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 him says, um, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand, and that is true. I think we're just going to find it, and it and it will it will be empty. If I believed as an African American woman that my value and worth was in the opinion of the KKK, for example, let's go extreme, then I would likely, uh, well, I would be discouraged, for one. I would feel worthless. I would assume that I was less than human. The The road it would lead down would be a, of a deep depression, and it the fruit that it would bear Could who knows where what that would look like if I didn't think, no, 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 my value and my worth is rooted in the Lord. Period. Mm. So it is of utmost importance, I think, especially when we're talking about ethnicity. I think knowing whose you are (laughs) and who made you is going to ground you and give you a peace that no one can take away. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, especially in this particular topic, it's of utmost importance. But if you name anything, if you talk about body image, if you talk about anything, there you can go off the rails if you put your hope in anything but Jesus.
0: Well, I have seen that with my African-American son. He has, at different points in in life, wondered, can I go get skin like yours? Can we go, can I take this off and get skin like yours? And I remember, and that was early on, and I remember, number one, wanting him to understand that his skin color is not something that we take apart. Like, oh, that's not you're no, 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 buddy. You're, you're the child of God. God made you. No, God made your skin color. You're not just worthy because you're human. You are set apart in the way that you were made uniquely. And I think we're afraid of some of that, that uniqueness. And that's why I wanted to have you on, on this first one to talk about in all of our differences, whether that is things we can control or things we can't necessarily, there is strategy and purpose in the places that Acts 17 says, I set you in the time that you will live. I set you in the places you will live so that perhaps people will feel their way to me that we're we're literally by design even in the places that we are and the locations and the, the time that we live so i think the the ways that we're made the things that god's put in us by design are beautiful and they're unique and i hate that in any way there's shame attached to things that are beautiful that god said are very good and that's where we fight back right we say no that's that's not true it is very good Cooper Allen, not just that you have dark skin, but that you were born in a beautiful country that God made and that God loves in Rwanda. And so it's giving him identity, yes, in his sonship as a child of God, but also in the strategy and placement of where he was born and who he is and what he looks like. And, and I want to say as parents that that we've got to not separate the creation from God, like He created and it was good. And we've got to be those that say, you know what, that is a good thing. It's not just something to look over and pretend isn't there. And, you know, no, 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 it's heaven's not going to care. No heaven will be diverse there will be nations there will be tribes everything you said it will be beautiful and diverse and and look at his creation i mean how silly if we looked out and saw different animals and said oh they're just all animals you know it's like no there's there's uniqueness and detail i mean look at how much detail it is in every Thing that he's ever built and the same is true for us. So thank you so much, Trulia, for being part of this and just giving us this view of how it all started and why and and how beautiful it could be. I want you to say before we end, like what your hope is. What would you say as, as creation and it's all going forward on earth as it is in heaven? What does that look like for you?
1: Yes, well, you just said it, on earth as it is in heaven. That is my prayer. My mm. prayer, especially for the church is that we would reflect what we will one day be in for eternity which is a multi-ethnic beautiful every tribe tongue and nation together unified and i long for that i pray for that and i believe god can do it and so that is my hope my hope is in jesus but that is a hope that i would love to see on earth as it is in heaven
2: I know as parents that you are facing so many tensions when it comes to teaching your kids about God. There's so much pressure to get it right, and the search for finding resources and books can be really exhausting sometimes, I know that as a young parent, and it's right here at the intersection of your kids' most curious years and all of these tensions as parents that we have some really good news for you. God wants to use you. The Story of God is a five-book series that Jenny wrote that starts with creation and takes you and your kids on a journey all the way to when God makes all things new. And the books are written in first person to the child and to you, and they have scriptures to read along with it on every single page. So when you purchase the series before August 1st, you can get access to some incredible downloads like 20 fun questions to ask your kid about God, a uh, Raising Kids Who Dream ebook, and an online workshop with some friends like Max Lucato, Dr. Paul Tripp, Trillia Newbell, Ruth Simons, and Jenny herself. So go to Theology.com, that's T H E O L A B Y dot com, and join us.